Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today, we are in week two of a series that we're calling Asking for a Friend. Asking for a friend. And really the whole idea behind this series is that we're answering the questions that you have. In fact, we did a survey at Easter this past Easter where we just asked you, hey, what questions would you want answered at church? And so we took all the answers and we formed a series around those questions. And last week, if you missed, we answered the question, how do I know God's will for my life. And if you missed that, I highly encourage you to go back and check it out. But today, if you're taking notes in week two, here's the second question that we're going to answer in this series. How do I handle stress? How do I handle stress? And let me just tell you right off the bat that my burden today is to help you. Uh, my burden is not to impress. It's not to inspire. Really, I've been asking God all week to give me things that could really help. I'm passionate about what we do in here on a Sunday affecting our Mondays out there. And so I'm really passionate about that. And I believe God has shared some things with me that will help you and will help answer this question. How do I handle stress? But just by a show of hands, just a moment of honesty in church, how many of you would say right now, I would say that I feel stressed out? How many of you just put your hands up in the air proudly? Some of you, man, that shot up quick. Some of you had two arms that went up and said, no, man, that's me. I am stressed out. And I kind of knew that because you answered that in the survey um, that said, hey, will you help me with this? And I did a lot of research this week, and I've come to find that, like, stats show that right now, we are more stressed out as people and as a society more than ever before. One study I found said that 75% of American adults consider themselves highly stressed. And then I did a little, like, fine print and found that it was actually before the pandemic, that 75% of people said, I'm highly stressed. And how many of you know now it's even on a whole nother level? Because after studying this week, I really don't think that this question could have come at a better time. In fact, I found this article from the Washington Post that said that a lot of people right now are suffering from what psychologists are calling pandemic flux syndrome. That a lot of people right now are suffering what psychologists are calling pandemic flux syndrome. And the article said that on June 14th, so go back with me to June 14th, Gallup Research Group, which is a national research company, they did a survey that found out that 59.2% of Americans, so almost 60%, almost six out of 10 of Americans described themselves as, get this, thriving. They said, okay, my life right now, June 14th, I am thriving. And get this, it was the highest percentage, not just in the last 18 months during this pandemic, it was the highest percentage in the last 13 years of people saying, I'm thriving. Optimism was literally through the roof. And here's why. Because if you think about that time, 
In the middle of June, like numbers were going down, vaccines widely available. It's like we could see a light at the end of this pandemic tunnel. And it's like life seemed to be returning to some level of normal. And we're like, this is awesome. I am thriving. But then literally out of nowhere, like an overhand right in boxing that you never saw coming came the Delta variant. And with it, more than just cases going back up, more than that, it was this realization that the uncertainty that we've all been through and that the we're just not sure what's going to happen feeling that we've all experienced, that it wouldn't stop, that it would just continue. And it was like we began to be flooded again with all the questions. And it was questions like, so are we good or are we not? Like, do, do I have to mask up again or do I not? Uh, are, are we finally going back into the office or are we staying on Zoom? And it's just like question after question and We thought that we were finally coming out of this only to find ourselves feeling again powerless and out of control yet again. And here's how I feel like it's been, like this emotional tug of war. And this article said that psychologists are finding that the result of this is that we are more stressed than ever before throughout this whole thing than right now. In fact, another Washington Post article it was entitled this, that the Delta variant arrived at just the right time to break our spirits and that we're too exhausted from the pandemic to deal with the latest twist. Now, before we talk about like what to do with all this and like how do we actually handle the stress and answer the question that you asked, whether for yourself or for a friend, Before we answer that question, I think it's really important that we have an accurate definition of what stress is, that we're all on the same page of what this is. So here's the definition of stress. Stress is an outside force applying pressure. That's what stress is. Stress is simply an outside force applying pressure. And we all experience this. Every single one of us experience in life outside forces that apply some pressure onto our life. Here's what we have to understand today. Nobody is exempt from that. Nobody is exempt from stress. But sometimes we get tricked into thinking that being stressed is wrong. That somehow if you feel stress, if you feel these outside forces applying pressure to your life, that it's wrong. But let me just go ahead and tell you that being stressed does not mean that you are wrong. Being stressed means that you are human. It really does. But a lot of times I think, especially as Christians, if you're a Christian, we think that sometimes because of that, that we're going to be exempt from stress. And we all know like that spiritual person. You know, that, that, that really spiritual person that says things like, I don't have stress. I have Jesus. And like my response to that person is like, well, good for you. Awesome. That's great. Well, let me just be straight up with you. I got both. I got stress and I got Jesus. I don't know. Can I get a good amen from church? Like, that's how I feel. I'm like, well, what's your secret? Because I got both. I got Jesus and I got stress because stress, all it is, is an outside force 
That's applying pressure. And here's what we have to understand, and hopefully this brings a little peace to your soul, that that's going to happen. That's going to happen. But there's an engineering principle. I know we've got some engineers in the room, my man. Uh, and so we got this, and there's this principle in engineering that, listen to this, if the external pressure, like the stress, the external pressure is greater than the internal strength, it will result in a stress fracture. So if the external pressure is greater than the internal strength, it will result in a stress fracture. And let me show you what often happens in life. I've got an awesome illustration. I've got some people that are going to come out and help me. And here's what you have to understand in this illustration, that just this board, just say that this represents your life. And they have a lot of weights that are up there. And imagine every single one of those weights is a unique thing that brings stress to your life. It's something that puts some outside, it puts some outside force that applies pressure on your life. And we have very real things in our life that all cause very real stress. In fact, throw up that list. And so we all have these things in our life that by themselves, they're stressful. But then when you start adding it on, and they all come at one time, it can be a lot of stress. In fact, that if you just say that that represents your busy schedule. And I think if we were honest, so many of us have busy schedules. Like it's where it's too much. We're maxed out. We feel like we're going, going, going. Life is 100 miles an hour, a professional plate spinner, and we don't know what to do. And that's, that causes stress on our life. But then when you add on top of that, Relationships. How many of you know that's stressful? <laughs> and it's stressful. So it doesn't matter what your relationship status is, if you're single, if you're dating, if you're married, if you're engaged, that we all have relational stress. Come on, like even like in our family, parents, kids, they're stressful. And so we have stress and we add that on top of the other things that's going on in your life. And then we have our jobs and all the things that kind of cause stress in that area. <laughs> but we have our jobs. And so whether for some of you, it's like a new job. And I've got new coworkers and a new boss, and I got to figure everything out, new systems and new budgets, and we got to figure that out. Some of you, it's an old job. Some of you, it's no job. <laughs> like, no matter what, we all have like this, this, this. And then when you have that on top of the relationship stuff, on top of your busy schedule, and then all of a sudden, a global pandemic hits. And even more. Stress. And then all of a sudden, that's what happens in our life. It's like when you add all these things on top, you keep piling up all these things until that. Now, all these things that are on this board that can cause stress. Here's the bad news. I can't stop any of that. I can't, I can't stop anything that's on there. That's called life. So this message is not how 
to take all the things that give me stress away. But what I can confidently say is that it doesn't have to break you. Let me say it this way, that when all of that stuff is happening on the outside, something different can be happening on the inside. See, the Bible even says that your life can look like 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, where it says, we are pressed on every side by trouble, that we have weights that are, that are on us, that we have this very real stress, but we're not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do, but we don't give up and quit. That we are hunted down, but God never abandons us. That we get knocked down, but we get up again and keep going. The Bible says that's what your life can look like. Even in the middle of all the things that stress you out, that can be your life. So my question is, when I read those verses, is how can my life look like that? Like, how do I handle my stress? And so I want to share just three things that I think will help you that have helped me along the way. Like I said, today, that's my burden, is just to help you. So write these things down, especially if you're stressed out. Here's number one. Number one is take inventory of your life. That's one of the first things that I highly encourage you to do. Take inventory of your life. In other words, check your weights. Like, what all do you have on your plate right now? If there was a list that wasn't just this all-consuming list, but if it was the list of your life, what all would be on it? What all is causing stress, applying this outside force that's causing pressure in your life? And if your plate is completely full and maxed out, give yourself permission to take something off of your plate. Give yourself permission to lighten your load a little bit. In fact, here's a question that I highly encourage you to write down and ask yourself at some point this week. What am I doing that I should not be doing? Take some time this week to ask yourself that question. What right now is on my plate? What am I doing that I should not be doing? Listen, you need to hear this. It's okay to stop something. It is. It's okay to stop something or it's okay to hit pause on something. And then maybe you can pick it back up later. That doesn't mean that you're a failure. That doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you are a quitter. What it means is that you're using wisdom. That's what that means. And the Bible actually has a name for this. And the Bible calls this pruning. And you'll see this in John chapter 15, where Jesus is talking in verses one and two. And he says, I am the true grapevine. And my father, he's the gardener. And then this is what happens. Verse two, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Now, church, I want you to notice when you see those verses, I want you to notice that there's a difference between cutting and pruning. Like there's a difference between those two things. See, cutting is where you cut away stuff that's dead and that's not producing fruit. It's not helpful. It's not producing fruit. And there may be some things in your life right now that need to be cut from your life. And they don't need to come back. Like they need to go. That's cutting. But pruning is different. See, pruning is where you cut away stuff that's alive. 
like stuff that's actually producing fruit so that it can produce even more fruit. In other words, pruning is cutting away the good so that we can produce the best. That, that's, that's what it is. It's a massive difference. See, there's some stuff that we need to cut, but then there's some stuff in our life that we can prune. It's cutting away the good so that you can produce the, the best. So when you take inventory of your life, when you check your weight, see the things that are on your board, like the things that bring you stress, what needs to be cut and what needs to be pruned. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing that I think will help you. The second thing is something that we say around here a lot, but I'll explain it, is to refuse to live life alone. It's really important that if you're here and you feel so weighed down by stress that right here, right now, is when you need to make the decision to refuse to live life alone. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is in Exodus chapter 17. And just to give you a little bit of context, it's the people of God. And the people of God are in an area known as the wilderness. And so they had just come out of slavery in Egypt. And they were on their way to a promised land that God said that they would take. And it was kind of the in-between. And it was in this spot called the wilderness. And while they're in the wilderness, they get attacked from behind by another army known as the Amalekites. And when that happens, Moses, their leader, he says, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to fight this battle. You're going to fight on the battlefield, and then I'm going to go up on that hill. And when I raise my hands, we're going to win. And that is the game plan. And so we pick it up in verse 11, Exodus 17, verse 11 through 13. And here's what it says. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hands... The Israelites had the advantage. In other words, as long as he had his hands up, they were winning. But whenever he dropped his hands, the Amalekites gained the advantage. So they started losing. And Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her, his friends, found a stone for him to sit on. And then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result of that happening, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. In other words, they experienced lasting, overwhelming victory. Now, here's the point of this whole story. It's one of my favorite stories in all the Bible, but here's the point. Is that when you live life alone, you lose. But when you refuse to live life alone, you win. That's the whole point of this story. And that the way that we experience lasting, overwhelming victory is together. Listen, that was true for Moses back in the day in Exodus 17. And that's true for us right now in 2021. I'm telling you, one of the best ways to handle the stress of your life is to refuse to live life alone. So let me show you. Let's go back to the same exact illustration, except this time the guys have worked hard to clamp the same board to seven other boards. So just the same exact board that just snapped after we put a few of those weights on there, you take 
this and you clamp them together and you take the same exact stress, the same exact weight, all the things that was causing it before, nothing changes. But then you put it all on the same board, except the only difference is that seven of them are together. And not only that, can it even handle more? I think it can. So you can even put even more on here. Get it? It's the same exact weight. It's even more weight. It's the same board. The only difference is that seven of those is still bending a little bit. You still experience it. But you don't break. And I'm telling you, this is why groups are so important. So if you are here today and you're like, I am living life by myself. I'm coming to church, but I'm not connected at this church. How can I experience this in our church? I'm going to give you two ways. The first is groups. This, like we've designed our groups so that this can happen. And we just started a brand new semester a couple weeks ago. We're just like in like week two of groups. You can jump in groups right now. The website's right there. You can search. We actually have groups that are designed that you can jump in at any point in our small group semester. You're not coming in and like the book's already on chapter eight. Like you just come in and like you can instantly connect. You can instantly find people that can help hold your arms up so that you can win. That is one way that you can experience that inside of our church. The second way is by serving on a team. And so like serving and what we call the dream team. And, and it's so much more than just serving and doing things. It is getting around a group of people. And it's a getting around a team of people that you can serve alongside, build relationships with, people that can help you. And the way to jump on that team is to go through growth track. And Nat already mentioned it. It's happening today at 1 p.m. If you've never gone through that, you can jump into Grow Track today and give us a couple Sundays and we'll get you connected to our church and connected to your personal calling. And then you can go and serve on a team. But I'm telling you, those two things, it's more than just serving. It's more than just something else to add to your calendar. This is the way that you refuse to live life alone. And so listen, I just talked to you about pruning and cutting some things out of your life. Let me, as a pastor in your life, a leader in your life, if I hold any influence at all in your life, let me encourage you with everything that I have, don't prune or cut those two things. Out of all the things to prune and cut, don't prune or cut that because you're gonna need some people in life to hold up your hands when you wanna quit. When your hands want to drop and everything inside of you is like, I'm too tired to keep going myself. You're going to need somebody to come up and hold your hands and say, you're not going to quit today. I got your back. We all need that. I need that. You need that. And in fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine through 12, it says this. It says that two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Let me put it this way, that for some of you, if you're dealing with your stress all alone, eventually you're in real trouble. 
It says this in verse 11, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. Some of you are like, I love that verse. That's awesome. <laughs> but how can one be warm alone? In verse 12, it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two, I love this, can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So how do you handle stress? One, I encourage you to take inventory of your life. Is there anything that maybe you're doing that you don't need to be doing? And something that you can cut, something that you can prune. And then second, just refuse to live life alone. Like don't do life by yourself. You're gonna need some people to hold your hands up. And then number three, I encourage you, as simplistic as it sounds, it's so important. Spend time with God every day. Every single day, spend time with God. And maybe you're new to church and that just sounds so foreign to you. Let me make this very clear. God does not want you to just have or experience religion. That's not what God wants. God doesn't want you to just simply experience religion. He doesn't want you to just keep a big list of do's and don'ts. He just, doesn't, he just doesn't want you to have this compartmentalized hour in your life where you go to church and that's it. No, Jesus didn't die for your sins so that you can have religion, rules, and regulations and a compartmentalized hour. That's not why Jesus came and paid for your sins. No, he wants a relationship with you. And through Jesus and what he did on the cross, he actually made that possible. Let me put it this way. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, you can know God. You can. That you can have a real, consistent, close, dynamic relationship with God. That you can know him and not just know him here. Not just know facts, but you can know him here. You can have this intimate, close, real, consistent relationship with God. And just like every other relationship in your life, the only way to have that type of relationship with God is that if you spend time with him every day. In fact, tell me one person that you are close with that you don't spend time with. You can't. That for us to feel close to somebody, anybody, we actually have to spend time with them. And it's the same with God. And here's why it's so important for you to spend time with God every single day, especially if you are here today and you're like, I am so stressed out. Here's why it's so important. And here's why I encourage you like crazy to make sure every single day you spend time with God because he has everything you need. God has everything that you need right now. Whatever is on your plate, whatever stress that you have that's weighing you down, whatever that's causing on the inside, whatever's deficient, I'm telling you, God has everything that you need. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. I love the fact that I underlined those words, his glorious unlimited resources, because what that means is that whatever that you need, not only does he have it, he has unlimited whatever that is. 
like this unlimited. So some of you, you're at church today and you desperately need joy. Like you feel like you have none. But the Bible says that you can have joy that, that's from the Lord that can be your strength, like joy that can't be stolen no matter what happens, no matter what is weighed down on you. And not only does he have a little bit of joy, he has unlimited joy. Like he has that type of joy for you. Some of you need strength right now just to keep going and to not quit. He has unlimited strength. Some of you need comfort that can only come from God and he has that comfort. Some of you just need wisdom. Like there's things that are right now in front of you and you don't know what to do. And the Bible says in James 1.5 that if you need wisdom, ask and our generous God will give it to you. Because he has unlimited wisdom. Whatever you need, he's got. If you need hope today, he's got hope. I'm telling you, whatever you need, he has. So I encourage you to spend time every day with the one who has everything that you need who has unlimited resources. And some of you, maybe you hear that and you're like, I want that. I just don't know how. Like how, like how do I? And that seems so foreign to you. It's like, I want that in my life, but where do I start? What does that look like? And maybe even when it comes to this idea of spending time with God, Maybe for you, instead of like anticipation and this whole idea of I get to meet with a person that literally has the ability to give me everything that I need, he has unlimited resources, all you feel instead is like guilt and shame. I should be doing more. I started that Bible reading plan, but then I stopped. Whatever the case is, a lot of times there's so much guilt and shame that is connected to this. But let me just encourage you, start somewhere. In fact, we wanna help you this week in something that we're calling the first 15. And it's where just for the first 15 minutes of your day to have five minutes of worship, five minutes of Bible, and five minutes of prayer. Just that, just start with that. Just five minutes of worship and five minutes of Bible and five minutes of prayer. And I just encourage you to do it right off the bat. Give them your first 15. Like before your day gets really going, before any meetings, before you check social media, before you respond to emails, before you go and do whatever that you have that's on your plate, before anything, just give God the first 15 minutes of your day and invite him in and spend time in those three ways. And we actually wanna help you this week with that. So over the next seven days, I encourage you to do this. I challenge you to do this, and we want to help you. So in fact, on our social media over the next six days, we're going to provide a first 15 plan. And so you can go to our social media if you don't, if you don't follow on Facebook or Instagram. That's where we'll post all that. Every single morning, we'll post that. And on this, here's what's cool, is that we'll give you a song to listen to. You don't have to try to figure out which one. We'll give you something to read from God's Word. You don't have to figure out where to start. And then third, we will give you actually prayer points for you to pray that's connected to those things that you just read and just listened to. And I just encourage you for the next six days, go all in. Say, I'm in. I'm gonna try this over the next six days. I'm gonna spend time with God. I'm gonna spend time with the one that has unlimited resources that I can do. I'm gonna give him my first 15 and just see what God does. See the peace that you experience. See the joy that you can experience, the strength, the wisdom, everything that you need. I believe, I promise it will make a difference because here's the invitation from Jesus today. 
Jesus, this is his invitation from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 from the message paraphrase. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Maybe for some of you, we can answer it this way. Are you stressed out? Are you stressed? And here's what Jesus's invitation is to us. Come to me. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and I'll actually help with those other things and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, here's the truth is that over the last 18 months, as we've walked through COVID, as we've walked through this pandemic, and we've all had stressful days. We've all had low days. I know you have, I have too. In fact, let me share about the lowest day that I had throughout this whole thing. It was still early when we were all in a stay-at-home order and it was the quarantine kind of season. And as a church, we had to pivot everything that we were doing as a church and move everything online. We had to do it super fast. And when we did that, we initially thought that it was gonna be just, hey, it's just gonna be, we're gonna take this week by week. Little did we know it was gonna be six months of doing church that way, fully online. And six months, 26 weeks, this online, this church online season. And it was kind of right in the middle of all that. And it was on a Saturday. And I was studying for the next week's message because what a lot of people don't know is when we were in that season, we were having to record that service on like a Wednesday night. And then the team would work really hard from Wednesday until Sunday, making sure that it was right and sounded good and looked good and then would upload it and get, get everything ready for Sunday morning. But it would be done like a few days before that. And so what that meant is that it changed my schedule up. I'm a pretty routine person. I like my routine. And Saturdays is not the days that I prepare. Um, normally it's the day that I put the bow on everything and I just kind of get ready for Sunday. And, but this was a Saturday where I was having to study for the next week's message, not the next day, but the next week's. And so I was in my son's room. So they share a room and it's 95% of the time a hot mess. And I don't like that. Like I like things in order and especially when I'm like writing and trying to hear from God and I'm trying to do all that, like in studying, I like aesthetics. I want it to feel good, look good. And it was the exact opposite of that. There was clothes were everywhere and toys were everywhere. And I stepped on a Lego on the way in. And it's just like, ah, oh, like I, I don't like this. And I was up in their room because it was the only desk we had in the house. And everybody else was down in the other areas of the house. And they were going crazy and it was loud. And I tried to focus and I couldn't. And I just remember that day. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do life like this. I don't want to do ministry like this. And I just remember that was the last place I wanted to be in, the last thing I wanted to be doing. I didn't want to study in their room. I didn't want to record another message. I didn't want to have to do church again like that. Like, I didn't want to preach again to an empty room and just a camera. Like, that was brutal. It was awful. You know, there was like two people in there. 
And they were instructed, like, don't laugh, don't react, don't do anything. And so like when you're trying to do something that's like entertaining or funny or something, it's like nothing, just nothing. Just, you just, just half the time they're on their phone, you know, and it's just like, oh man, I just, I feel like I'm on fire right now, you know? And, and I just remember, I was like, I don't want to do this again. And I think what made it so hard is like, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. And I was like, how long is this going to last? And I was so sad because it was Saturday and the next day was Sunday and we weren't gonna get to do this. And I was sad that we weren't able to do church that way together, that I wasn't gonna be able to see people, but I felt so much stress in that moment. Like stress about what's gonna happen it's like my mind started hamster wheeling and started thinking about all these scenarios and there's so much uncertainty and so much unknown and I was stressed out about like how to lead the church because I got a Bible degree, like I went to school for some of this stuff, but they never taught me how to lead a church through a global pandemic. Like I missed that class if they did it, like I was skipping that day or something. But like there, there was nobody to call that said that to like, hey, like, You've done this before, how do we do it? There was nobody to call. It's like this uncharted territory for us and we didn't know what to do and stressed about all these unanswered questions like, are we gonna be okay? Is the church gonna make it? Like here was something that I thought about all the time during that season, like is everybody from our church okay? Like is everybody doing okay? Does anybody need help that we don't know about? And I think I was just flooded with all these questions, like how long is this going to last? And I felt completely out of control. And for a control freak like me, that's bad. And I just felt out of control and began to spiral mentally. And it, here's what it felt like. It felt like in that moment that I experienced so much stress that my board was about to break. And so I just turned everything off and I went outside. I didn't say anything to anybody. I just stormed out of the house. I went outside. I put in my AirPods, turned on worship music, and I just started walking. I just started walking around my neighborhood in a bad attitude, stressed out, not knowing what was gonna happen. And I remember that there's a song that came on, we do it every now and then here, it's called, Yes, I Will. And the chorus goes like this, Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy. All my days, all my days, oh yes, I will. And it's this declaration of no matter what's happening in my life, I'm gonna worship God. No matter what, I'm gonna lift him above it. No matter what, I'm gonna magnify him and make him bigger. And the more I started listening to it, the more it got into my spirit. And the more I was like, yes, yes, I will. And then I started singing. I didn't even care. I'm walking around my neighborhood. Everybody's walking around the neighborhood because nobody had anywhere to go. And so we're walking around the neighborhood and I'm just sitting there by myself, AirPods in, blaring the top I can. And I just start worshiping Jesus. Out out loud, I start singing, praying around the neighborhood, believing that God could do something inside of our church, believing that he could still redeem these things. I started worshiping Jesus, walking around my neighborhood, hands were lifted in the air, probably looking crazy out there. But let me tell you what happened in that moment. Something inside shifted. 
Not like the, the weights were still there. Nothing changed, but my perspective did. And all of a sudden it's like, I, I felt lighter after going to God. And then I came back into the house. The first thing I did is I went and I said, Heather and David, I told him, I said, Hey, I know you just saw me storm out of the house. I didn't say nothing to him. They're like, is he okay? He is losing it. I said, I just want you to know, like, I'm not in a good place today. Got a bad spot. My mind went in the right spot. And even just telling them that, it felt even lighter. Because I wasn't carrying it by myself. I'm telling you, church, this stuff works. I can't take away the stress. That's life. But you can, you don't have to, you don't have to let it break you. And here's what I've learned. I've learned this fact, and I want to end with this, that peace, it isn't just possible. With Jesus, it is promised. We need to understand that today. Is that no matter what is happening in your life, whatever the weights are on, peace, right now, it isn't just possible. With Jesus, who's known, get this, as the Prince of Peace, it's promised. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And before we end today, I just want you to ask God right here, right now, just ask him, what are you saying to me? Ask him, what are you speaking to me today? Maybe ask him this, like, what does my response need to be to this message? Because the truth is, this is a very practical message that I pray will affect your tomorrow. So ask him for a next step. Maybe it's to join us in that Bible plan and for the first 15 and I'm just right now, commit, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Maybe I've never done it before, I'm gonna do it. Maybe it's you need to refuse to live life alone. You need to tell somebody what's going on. Maybe you need to join a group, start grow track and jump on a team. But maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with God. Like you haven't received Jesus. You haven't made the decision to follow him. And so everything starts there. And maybe you've never had a relationship with God and that seems so foreign to you. I want you to understand that today, right here, right now, you can make that decision and everything can change. You can say yes to Jesus. You can start a relationship with God. You can go all in with him or Maybe you've had a relationship with God in the past, but it's just slipped away. And right now you find yourself like you feel so far from God. And let me tell you, if that's you today, everything can change. Today, you can come back to God. Today, you can receive a fresh start and you can restart your relationship with God. And we're not gonna point you out, make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. I just wanna lead you in a very simple but powerful prayer. And if you're here and you know that's the decision that you need to make, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to raise your hand up in the air and say, include me in that prayer. Nobody's looking around. It's just a way for you to take a step of faith and for you to acknowledge before God that I want to give you my life. I wanna receive everything you have for me. 
whether it's for the first time or it's all over again. If that's you, I want you to proudly and boldly put your hand up in the air. One, two, three, and say, include me in that prayer. I got you. I got you. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. If you're watching online and that's you, just right wherever you're at, say, that's me. That's me. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Whether it's been just for a season or it's been for a long time. I'm sorry. I repent. I changed my mind. I changed my direction. Will you come right now? And will you live inside me? Will you do life with me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I want to start or restart my relationship with you. And I surrender my whole life to you. I give you everything. I give you my life. And today, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I receive your love. And today, I choose to follow you, not just for today, but for the rest of my life. I'm so grateful for Jesus that because of him, that we have access to you. Because of him, this moment can happen. We're so grateful for Jesus. And it's through the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said a loud amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 